This is part two of a sermon series entitled Encountering Jesus. How does the Christian life begin for the disciples and for us? Following Jesus begins with face-to-face encounters with the one who first comes to us. Jesus finds us first. He seeks us before we seek him. He sees us before we see him. And in our close encounter with the Messiah last week, we discovered how he disarms us. And today, I hope that we'll discover how he compels us. Theologian Jürgen Moltmann was a German prisoner of war when Jesus compelled him to come and follow. Now, he grew up in a culturally Christian Germany, but was pursuing really a secular education when he was drafted into war as uh, a Nazi soldier in the German army. He was 18, and he was tossed onto the front lines in the forest of Belgium, and Moltmann says that he surrendered himself to the very first British officer that he saw, and he spent the next uh, two or three years in POW camps. And it was there that he began to see and the reality of World War II uh, dawned on him. Uh, with a human cost, uh, he came face to face with uh, the evils that gave rise to that war and that were the atrocities that were done. And it was in the solitude of his captivity that he began not only to think about those things, but he began to read copies of the Psalms and New Testament that chaplains would come by and bring him. And first he just read out of boredom. Then he became a disciple. And the way he tells it, he says, I didn't find Christ. Christ found me. Jesus is the compelling Messiah. Whoever we are, wherever we are, whether we're skeptics who've spent our lives rolling our eyes at organized religion or teenagers puzzling over a Bible study text or prisoners battling boredom and loneliness in the cell, this Jesus finds us and compels us to come and follow. Now, as he's passing along the Sea of Galilee, he finds Simon, who would eventually be called Peter, the rock, and his brother Andrew, casting their nets into the sea. And when he catches their eye, he says, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they leave their nets. They don't even tuck them back in. They don't see if they caught anything. Just leave their nets and follow. And while Simon and Andrew are wading through the shallow waters to get to him, Jesus is already farther up to the shore where he calls James and his brother John. Immediately they leave. They leave poor dad Zebedee standing right there with the hired help. And if they hugged him goodbye, Mark doesn't say. Jesus is too compelling. The invitation comes. They leave immediately. So Jesus comes and finds them all. And even more, his invitation, his poise, his gravitas, his confidence, his authority is so compelling that they walk off the job without cleaning out their desks. Jesus appears not to have heard of Ciceronian rhetoric, 
He seems unconcerned to offer a speech that teaches and delights and persuades. He skips right to persuasion, to moving. Rather, Jesus offers no elaborate argument. He only says, follow me and I will make you fish for people. What is so compelling about this? What is it that inspires Simon and Andrew and James and John to drop what they're doing immediately and follow him? Sometimes invitations do hold the promise of adventure. We could imagine these converts immediately leave what they're doing because they don't like their laborious jobs. They don't know what they're getting into with Jesus. They know he's a good preacher. He's been around Galilee for a little while, preaching the kingdom of God after John the Baptist was arrested. So maybe they knew a little bit about him. Maybe they knew he had a kind of freewheeling style and they wanted to join up with his crew. I don't know. They might assume it must be a better life than the life of a fisherman. But I really don't believe that's what compels them. Because such would require a little bit more deliberation, a cost-benefit analysis of whether this was right for them. And their collective response to Jesus' invitation is something more instinctive. It's primitive, almost. Immediate. This seems to be the way that Jesus establishes Israel in the church. This is how the first invitation comes to Abram. Abram's minding his own business, just being a family man. God comes to him and says, well, it's time for you to leave. I'm going to send you to Canaan. You're going to start a new life. There's no announcement. There's no real time to think. He just begins to say goodbye to his family. He gathers his things, and he gets on the move. And that's the beginning of everything that we're a part of now. Jesus actually speeds this process up in the New Testament when he begins to ask, uh, the crowds start to get a bit bigger and people want to come follow Jesus. And Jesus says, actually, you know, it's really not as easy as you think, uh, but it is an adventure. So come and follow me. And people begin to say, well, first I got to go to a funeral. And Jesus says, you don't have time for a funeral. Well, let me go say bye to my parents. You don't have time for that. It's an immediate response that he calls for. The invitation comes. There's no thought process really even about it. It's just instinctual. Am I up to follow Jesus or not? Jesus has compelled the disciples with an invitation to do something very unique as well. And maybe that's the kernel in here that's so compelling. The uniqueness of the invitation. He doesn't exactly call them to stop what they're doing. He doesn't say stop fishing, stop being who you are, stop using your gifts and your skills. Rather, he calls them to keep doing what they know how to do, but in a very different way and on others' behalf. Follow me, and I will make you fish for people, for others. It is that very last phrase, for people, that must compel them. It must be those last words of the invitation, for people, that moves the fishermen to loosen their grips on their nets and jump from the stern into the shallows and wade into the shallow waters to catch up with them. 
I wonder if this is one of the Bible stories that inspired Dr. King to say life's most persistent and urgent question is what are you doing for others? Sister Helen Prejean, the prominent anti-death penalty activist, once heard this compelling call. Now, she's been a chaplain and friend to death row inmates for 40 years. Played by Susan Sarandon in the 1995 film A Dead Man Walking, based on the book that Prejean wrote. She's offered the world countless glimpses of God's forgiveness, and she has helped expose the cruelties of capital punishment. She often says capital punishment means those without the capital get the punishment. In a recent interview, journalist Phoebe Judge asked Sister Helen how she got into this work. And Sister Helen said, It was a friend of mine coming down St. Andrews Avenue with a clipboard in his hand. And he was going to invite me to be a part of this project he had. And he bumps into me and he says, Hey, Sister Helen, you want to be a pen pal to somebody on death row? And Helen said, well, you know, I can write a letter. I'm an English major. I, I, can, I can do that, sure. Immediately. That's how it started. That's how her whole ministry began. But then she said, but what it was under that was that I sensed that it was a person, it was a human being who had been condemned to death, and it must be very lonely to sit in that cell. It was just like a human being. She said, I'll write some letters, and he wrote back, and I wrote back, and he wrote back. And then it unfurled. I'd never planned, she said, on going on to visit people in death row, much less be with somebody who was being executed. Follow me, and I'll make you fish for others. Simon Andrew, James, John, Sister Helen, and you. What about you? Maybe you're just minding your own business. Maybe you're just doing your job. Maybe you're doing your job really well. Maybe you're one of the skeptical people hanging on to your faith by thread. Maybe you're living in captivity. Maybe you've been in church your whole life. Don't get too comfortable. None of us are safe from Jesus' compelling call. He's risen and he could show up at any time in any conversation with a compelling invitation to do what you've been doing in a completely new way for the benefit of of others. I'm not safe either. You say, you're a preacher. It's easy for you to say. You're up there and you're asking us. No, 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 no. It's not safe for me either. I'm not safe. As soon as I leave this pulpit, I'm in Jesus' crosshairs right along with you. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to protect myself. I guess I'll be looking over my shoulder. Maybe I'll just go fishing. Whatever the case, 
hear this as good news or as a warning. Jesus knows where to find us. And he's on his way.